0: Thank you, Jesus. All right. So today we are wrapping up our Holy Spirit series, uh, which could honestly go on for a lot more weeks because the Holy Spirit is so vast and so deep and so awesome. And we are, we're going we're gonna to end it today on a, on a three-part series. This is, I mean, three-part sermon, excuse me. It's going to be in three parts that we're breaking up today. And so far we've talked about, in regards to the Holy Spirit, we've talked about speaking in tongues. That was week one. We talked about wisdom and understanding in week two. And last week, Ben did an incredible job talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth. If you missed any of those sermons, I really encourage you to go on our website or go on our app and watch those. Um, it's been a really awesome three weeks. And today, I believe, is, is going to be just the same. So let's dive right in this morning. And talk about there is a word in the Bible that almost every single time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned, this word precedes it. That if there's talk of the Holy Spirit, there is also this word that goes before it. And that word is power, okay? When, when you're reading scripture and you're taught, and we're, we're, we're reading about the Holy Spirit, it a lot of times, many times, most of the time says, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then fill in the blank after that. And we, so we see it over and over again. So because of that, I wanted to explore what the power of the Holy Spirit really means. And I'm going to say this right off the bat. If Jesus is your Savior, the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. Okay? The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. But before I go any further, before we go any further at all, I want to ask, are there any OGs in here, any of those old school Christians that know who the power team are? Any power team people up in here? All right, we got a few. I think we actually have a picture of them. This is going back. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Power team up in here, all right? That's right. And listen, some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? Everyone else that knows, it was all these guys going, yeah, that's what's up. I know exactly what you're talking about. The power team was a group of men right here. That what You can guess the time, uh, This was about not late 80s, right, early 90s. And by the way, if you grew up in that time, late 80s, early 90s Christian, you grew up in some funny things, right? This is one of those. Power team were a group of guys that would go around dressed just like that, and then they had swords, and they would get up on stages, and they would do these feats of strength where they would rip phone books in half, and they would take baseball bats and not not snap them over their legs, but they would put them on their legs and push down until they broke. And they would like drop elbows on stacks of like concrete bricks that would break all the way down to the bottom. And let me tell y'all something. It was awesome, all right? It was the coolest thing ever. And you need to know, yeah, by the way, new members that just came up here, it's too late you've joined, all right? It's too late. But you need to know where you are sitting right now at Beaches Chapel, we hosted the power team. We hosted them, baby, all right? We have a place in the history of the power team. They were up on this very stage, right? I'm so humbled, right? I can't believe it. And your pastor sat right over there on that front row when I was about eight or nine years old, jaw dr- down, drool coming out. This is the greatest moment of my entire life. The power team is making me love Jesus more right now, all right? All right? They were powerful, right? I I, I will say, like, I looked up this poster, and I I could have sworn they were, like, more ripped, right? These guys are kind of like, the second they stop lifting weights, it's just going all downhill, like, real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's close. But a lot of the point of it was, besides just late 80s Christian life, it was to remind us that, look, Christianity is not a weak sport, okay? You're allowed to be strong and be a Christian, we are called to be strong and to be Christians, not to be weak. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit is in us. And I just want to take a moment real quick and tell the men in the room, when you follow Jesus, it's not, be, it's not about being this good little boy where we get patted on the head. It's about being a strong, courageous man. Okay? A strong, courageous man. And in a world right now that is attacking masculinity, we need to understand that God has created us men to be strong men. All right? To be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean exactly? It means laying down our lives. It means being the first to serve. It means when you're in a group of other men and they, they're nudging you because a woman's walking by that's not your, your wife, you say, no, I'm not going to look. I'm going to honor my wife in that moment. It means you and the household are the first one to pray over whatever the need might be. Pray over dinner every single night. Be the example all the time. That's what being a strong man is. To the women in the room, God's created you to be a strong woman of God. Not to try and emulate a man, but to be a strong woman. The two roles are very different. To be that encourager, right? To be that person in the circle that's not going to start gossiping or not going to start bashing their husband when they're not around. Say, I'm going to be different. God has called us to be strong. And whatever our role in life is, whatever God, wherever God has placed us, he has called us to be strong because we are filled with the power. Here's the thing that we need to understand, y'all. Listen, power, this power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Right? It has been given to us. It is not something that we can achieve on our own. It is not something that we strive for, like going to the gym, where if I, get, if I go enough times and I do this many reps or whatever it might be, then I'm going to build up my muscles. And I'm going to do it over and over and over again. No, the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Paul even writes in Second Corinthians, he, he says, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. All right, It's in our weakness that God's power is made perfect in us. In other words, when, when God puts something before us, we don't say, okay, here's how I'm gonna do it. We say, God, I can't do this. It's too big for me. I need you to do it. And he says, okay, good, let's go. But when we try to be the power in our lives, what we are doing is we are shutting the door for God's power to come in. But it's when we take that step back and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. He says, okay, perfect. Because now my power can be made perfect in your weakness, and I can start operating through you. It is a gift that God has given us. It is not something that we strive for. So if you're a senior, you're going, if I just want to be more powerful in my faith, I need to do this, and this, and that. No, 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 no. God has already given it to you. We just have to walk in it. I want to, I want to start with this verse, this insane truth. That is written in God's word. And I want to just, listen, if, if we receive this verse and this verse alone, you will walk out of here and I will walk out of here different. Just on this one sentence alone. And it's Romans 8 verse 11. It says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's it. What else is there? I'm going to read it again, y'all, in case you didn't hear me the first time. The Spirit of God, check this out, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Okay? Not good enough. One more time. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. All right? He lives in you. So the greatest miracle that has ever happened that will ever happen, that changed the course of eternity and sent Satan to hell as the loser of all losers, the power of that miracle of Jesus being raised from the dead lives in us. Yeah, yeah. It lives in you. Y'all, Yo, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? The power that raised Jesus from the dead, that punched our ticket to heaven, that made the devil loser of all time, is in us. It is in us. And it's just waiting to come out. Y'all, you know what that means? And it's gonna be hard for some of us to hear, but that means that as Christians, that those that call Jesus our Savior, we cannot play the victim card ever. We're not victims. So we can't say, Oh, this keeps all happening to me, and this is uh, me, and uh, me, me, me. It's always about me, and this, blah, blah, blah. no. We say, uh-uh-uh. Life is hard, but the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. So I'm not a victim. I'm victor. But instead, for some reason, we forget that amazing truth and we walk in the lie with our head down saying, there's no power in me. I'm defeated. No! The Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. There is no greater power. There is no greater power than that. Try and find it. There is nothing, and it is in each and every one of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about. Let's go home. Yeah. No, I got more. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What spirit has God given us? The Holy Spirit. And he's saying, this Holy Spirit of mine is not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of fear. Before we turn our lives over to Jesus, we are operating in our own spirit. And that spirit is a spirit of fear. Do you know why? Because the fruit of sin is fear. And so before... We turn our lives over to Jesus. Before we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are walking as our own Savior. And we're walking in sin. We are sinners. And we have this spirit that is a fleshly spirit. And every time we sin, the result is fear. That's why in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve eat of the tree, and they're walking in the garden, and they hear the voice of the Lord, it says that they became what? Afraid. Because the fruit of sin Is fear. And so that is what God is saying in this moment. I haven't given you a spirit of fear. That was your old self, right? That was your old spirit before before I came into your heart. But now I've given you my Holy Spirit. And that spirit is a spirit of power. You're not supposed to walk in fear, all right? You don't walk in fear because the power of the spirit in you raised Jesus from the dead, and so there is no fear anymore, unless we are operating in our own spirit. But God's saying, no, 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 that's not the spirit I gave you. I don't recognize that spirit. You think my spirit's ever afraid? No. You know what the Bible says about Jesus' enemies? He's saying he's just waiting. He's using him as his footstool. Does that sound like a God who's scared ever? No. That same spirit lives in us and is not a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, and of love, and of self-discipline. And I just want to say this, as I was praying over this this morning, I, I did not hear this until today, but as I was praying this morning over the service and over this time, I felt very led to say, in this moment, when it comes to fear, I want to say specifically to all these single women in the room, right now, God is telling you, do not walk in fear anymore. If there is any of us in here, Any single women in the room that are walking in fear, he wants you to know right now that he has you more than any man ever could. That he is going to protect you. He is going to provide for you. He loves you. And you don't need to look anywhere but him. And he wants to tell you specifically, you, you have the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So don't ever think any less of yourselves. He's got you and he loves you. Women in the room. Women watching online. Okay? I hope you hear me on that. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Romans 8, chapter Romans 8, starting in verse 1, excuse me. It says, Now, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So, what do we see right here? The power of the Holy Spirit is greater than any other power. There's no condemnation. We don't have to walk with our heads down. Perhaps when when the power of the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, the greatest thing that the Holy Spirit ever did for us was to free us from the life of sin. He freed us. And he freed us from all that comes with it, from the fear and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and all those things. So we don't have to walk in fear anymore, y'all. We have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And that is something that we need to hold tight to. Part two. This part is is for you to hear, but it's not for you. All right? This is not for us in the room. It's not for us. But I want to go back to 2 Timothy, where it says God has not given us a spirit of fear in verse 7. And I want to read verse 8. Because a lot of us know verse 7. I know y'all were finishing it for me when I was reading it. But I want us to look at verse 8 and see what it says. See what Paul is telling Timothy about this spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. It says in verse 8, so. Everyone say so. So. Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. So God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. So. And as a result of that, never be ashamed to tell people about the Lord. Okay. So we, we hear verse 7, and God has given us, you know, a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, all those things. And so it's, it's about walking into this interview, right? Or it's about, uh, I'm going to go bungee jumping and I'm not going to be afraid or whatever it might be. And so we apply that one verse to that thing in our lives and how it affects us. But what Paul is saying, that because of that, go tell people about Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. They need what you have. And listen, y'all, this is the time of year. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the holiday season, when, when loss, when loneliness, all the family things, all that stuff just gets magnified like crazy. It gets magnified like crazy. And people's hurts are up on the surface. And people are hurting, those around us, and they need us, and they need you. And we need to realize that with this spirit of power, this Holy Spirit that is in us, with it comes a responsibility, one of which is to tell people about Jesus. We were just, um, we were just talking about this in our community group this past week. It's about this very thing. Oh, God, we, you know, there's, there's people that I, I feel like I'm telling them. I, I want to tell them, but I just don't know if I'm telling them. And if we don't know, y'all, if we are telling someone about Jesus, we're not telling them about Jesus. If there's ever a question, we ain't doing it. All right? Because I'm telling you, if you've ever done it, you know you're doing it. Right? You know when you're having that discussion. It's not like, oh, that's a little. No, you know. You get back in your car. You get back wherever you're I'm like Oh, my God, I did it. I did it. I did it, right? I feel like I'm on the power team right now. I did it. (laughs) But what stops us? Doubt, fear? I don't have what it takes. I don't know enough. What if they ask this question? I don't know the Bible. I've only been going to church for two weeks. Who cares? Listen to what Paul says. In 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 1, he says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all. I'm just relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? Timid in my weakness, trembling in my weakness, still I came to you. Right? He didn't let fear stop him because the power of the Holy Spirit he knew was inside of him. He says, I'm going to go. And I'm not going to use lofty words. I'm not going to use all these clever things. Right? I'm just going to tell you about Jesus. I'm just going to tell you about Jesus. Here's the thing about lofty words, y'all. Here's the thing about big vocabulary. The enemy can use big vocabulary, too. It's not nearly as impressive as we think. All right? If it were, I probably wouldn't be the preacher up here. Our youth pastor says the word fixin', okay? It is what it is, right? Wow. It's, it's not about... <laughs> I didn't think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Cassie? Yeah. <laughs> it's not about these big words, y'all. It's not about having every answer, right? It's not about that. It's about telling people about Jesus. It's one word. It's one name. Jesus. Do we know that word? If we know that word, then we can do it. If we know what Jesus has done in our lives, we can do it. And I truly believe that in all of our lives right now, there are people just waiting for us to say the name Jesus to them. Almost like, why won't they invite me? Why won't they tell me? And they are waiting on us. And we won't do it because we're operating in our old spirit, the spirit of fear and timidity, not the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed Paul to tell people about Jesus. Will we operate that way? Because I'm telling you, the world needs us. It is a, The world right now is a deck of cards that's about to collapse. If you're paying any attention at all, the devil has overplayed his hand like he always does. And it's going to collapse. And when it does, the world is going to be looking for truth. And Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We have what the world needs. I don't care what, they, what the world says. We have what the world needs. And what we have is the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in us. To tell them about it. So next time you're in that situation with that person that you know you've been, you, you're supposed to tell Jesus about. You say, well, I don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And they need it terribly. You know, I ask ourselves, why are we so concerned with being liked by people? that we're not going to spend eternity with? Why are we so concerned with being liked by people that we are never going to spend eternity with? We want them to like us so bad here that we're willing to separate ourselves from them in eternity so that we can be liked for a moment, not even. There's two things that are going to happen when we take that step. They're going to accept the invitation. Yeah, I'd love to come. Please. Yes, thank you. Or no. No. I'm not going to come. That's it. But we're so afraid of the latter happening that we never actually try and believe for the former to happen. Because we just want to be liked in that moment and we forget that if they say no, we have all of eternity. But why? Why are we so consumed with that? We have to get over that, y'all. Myself included. I'm at the front of the line for that. We have to get over that. Matthew 10, starting in verse 26. This is the message version. I love this version. It says, don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body and soul, in his hands. Don't, we don't need to be intimidated, right? We don't need to be intimidated. Let's save our fear, our holy reverence for God. Let's worry about what he's called us to, not what other people are going to think of us in that moment. This is, the, this is the, verse, the, the verses that we were reading in our community group Wednesday morning that, that spurred us to this conversation. In John chapter 4, starting in verse 31, Ben even preached on this same exact story last week. In the meantime, the disciples pressed him, Rabbi, eat. Aren't you going to eat? Jesus told them, I have food to eat, you know nothing about. The disciples were puzzled. Who could have brought him food? Jesus said, The food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months it will be the time to harvest? Well, I'm telling you, listen, y'all, to open your eyes and take a look at what's right in front of you. These Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. Open your eyes. We all need to open our eyes and just pray, God, God, let us see people the way you see them. Help us to see people the way that you see them. Because where we see a world that's, that's mixed up and attacking us and we get frustrated and angry, God sees brokenness. He sees, he sees children that are lost, that he is dying to heal. And he's saying, I gave you all the power of the Holy Spirit. Go, tell them. Tell them. Will we do it? I'm going to have the band come back up as we finish part three. And I'm going to ask you all this question. This one is for you. What does the power of the Holy Spirit look like in our daily lives? What does that look like for each one of us? Because in Galatians 6, starting at verse 22, it maps out the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the fruit of sin being fear. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, read those in the context of what we're talking about today. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? We talked about the power team and the power of the miracle that raised Jesus from the dead. And we can get all rah-rah and want to feel like Samson in the moment and just, yes, I'm going to run through a brick wall with the power of the Holy Spirit in me. But what we read here is the fruit of that power is actually love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Self-control. Y'all, this doesn't sound like some warrior, right? Even though through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible also calls us more than conquerors. This is about, this is a reflection of Jesus and how he treats us. And how when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to treat others and live this life ourselves. So let's just ask ourselves real quick, how are you doing with love right now? Are you loving people well? Are you loving your spouse well? Your children well? Your brothers and sisters in Christ well? Do you have joy in your life? Do you have joy in your life? What about peace? Are you walking in anxiety, are you anxious all the time, stressful, can't sleep, because that's not peace. The Lord tells us the fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace in our lives. Are you patient? Especially with that one person that you just... You have patience in your life. Maybe it's with your children at bedtime. Can I get an amen from some of y'all? Do we have self-control in the moments that we just want to pop off? Or... Click on that one thing on the internet or open that bottle in the house. We have self control in those moments. That's power. See, it's that kind of power that the enemy can't touch. He tries to get after us, after us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we cry out to Jesus in those moments, he can't touch us. Are we faithful? Are we faithful to the Lord? faithful to those around us. I think it's so interesting that the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us produces a fruit of us being gentle. Gentle with one another. That's Jesus, y'all. This is, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. He's gentle with us. When we mess up, when we fail again, he doesn't say, you sinner, you're such a sinner he says no that spirit is gone So I'm going to pick you up you're mine and I'm going to clean you off because I'm gentle with you if we look in the mirror in our own lives and how we're living do we see evidence of this fruit in our lives do we see these things I'm not saying this to to make any of us feel bad at all. I'm saying it because if we don't see these things, then we're not living according to God's purpose for us. This is what he wants for us. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Remember, we can't have it ourselves. We can't earn the Holy Spirit. We don't have that. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And he says it lives in you. So live this life. Live a life of joy. Live a life of love. Live a life of peace. And goodness and kindness and faithfulness. Live a life of gentleness and self-control where you don't just go off the handle all the time, where you're fearful all the time, where you're miserable all the time. That's not me. That's not my spirit. That's why I've given this to you. God is a good God. He is a generous God. To think that God has given us his spirit is mind-blowing. But that's how much he loves us. It's how much he loves you. And y'all, others need it. Here's how I want to close this morning as we end in worship and prayer. If we could stand up. I'm going to to pray over us first. And this is what we're going to do. I apologize in advance to all the introverts in the room. But I believe that as we were talking, especially about the, the world and those that need us and being that bold person that's gonna speak the name of Jesus, but there might've been a person or a name that popped into your head. Oh, God, I gotta do it. What I wanna do after I pray is for us to just get in groups of three to five people around there and believe with one another for those people. And what I want you to do is to just say their first name. You don't have to say their last name and you don't have to say the relationship that you have with them. Whether it's, you don't have to say it's a, it's a family member, it's a coworker, it's a friend. You don't have to say, you just say their first name. And let's just all pray together in agreement to have the boldness to invite that person or those people to church this week and the weeks to come, but I, specifically this week. And did y'all know that if, if we all do this, if every single one of us takes that step, that if only 20% of the invitations that go out the people that we extend to in our whole church, that we're going to have 40, around 40 new people here next week. That's a difference. That's huge. But we have to take that step. We have to remember that the power of the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And we don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to have the exact thing to say. We need to, even in our weakness, let God's spirit and power be made perfect in us and just take this step. Will we do it? Father, I thank you, Jesus, for your generosity, Lord, your love for us, where you gave us your Holy Spirit. It's incredible, Father. You said, I'm taking that old spirit out where you tried to do everything yourself. That caused all sorts of fear. I'm giving you my spirit There is no fear. There's no condemnation. There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm giving you those things through my spirit. Father, thank you. And I pray that as we all are real honest with ourselves, looking in the mirror, God, if there's areas in our life where we don't have those things, I pray right now, Jesus, that we would turn them over to you. That we would remember who we are in you sons and daughters of the most high God and we would start to see your fruit in our lives as we walk in the power of your spirit rejecting fear rejecting depression rejecting anxiety anger and addictions father that we would see the power of the Holy Spirit move in us And the fruits of the Spirit will be evident in our lives where we can say what once was is no more. I have replaced fear with peace. I have replaced addictions with self-control. I have replaced depression with joy and hatred for love and impatience with patience. Thank you, Lord, for doing that work in all of us. And Father, I too pray specifically for those single women in our church family. God, that they would not walk in fear. They would not walk in loneliness. They would not for a second feel forgotten or anything like that, God. But that you would remind them and that all of us as their family would remind them that they have the power of the Holy Spirit in them as well. And greater things are yet to come. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so let's just take a moment. Just break up into groups of three to five, real quick, right where you're at. Just turn around, form a circle. We don't have to take very long. And if there's anyone, just just say their name. You don't don't give an explanation, and just agree in prayer.